Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. You know, we love doing this show for you every single week, but doing the show is not free. So if you enjoy the show, we ask maybe uh, consider helping us out a bit and supporting it. You can do that by becoming an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com. EPP means extra podcast person. You get an extra podcast for your support of the show. Every single week, we send you a brand new one. And you get access to our past archive of EPP episodes as well. Right now, that's more than 15 bonus episodes along with the weekly episode that you'll be getting every single week for only 5 bucks a month. If you like the show, help keep us on the air. And become an EPP at realghoststoriesonline.com today. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, ghostly lights in a rural area leave a family questioning if the lights had really been from farm equipment or not. A shadow person continually checks in on two little boys as they sleep at night. Could this be the beginning sign that they too have inherited their father's sixth sense? Things begin to go awry in a West Virginia home after a tombstone is uncovered in the backyard and while visiting family over the holidays a college couple finds that it's not just her family that wants him to feel unwelcome those stories your calls and more today on real ghost stories online tony and jenny bruski joining you once again hello hi how are you i'm good how are you i'm uh, smoking meats <laughs> literally literally as the show goes i have a uh, smoker out back smoking away some meats i love uh it's something to do this time of year if yeah. you will because it's too cold really to do a whole hell of a lot outside but it kind of gets me outside for a little bit of time and uh, i love my smoked meats I, I sound really redneck when i say that don't i a little bit but uh it's fun i enjoy the uh the smoker and it's a way for us to eat a little healthier you know, we we get some lean stuff and smoke it, and uh, you know, eventually we'll uh, we'll be skinny people again. <laughs> <laughs> someday, someday. Or I was about to break into somewhere out there, but uh, that's because uh, that was always a Casey case. Do you remember? Do you ever listen to Casey's Countdown or American Top Forty back in the day? Very little. I listened to it like religiously as a kid. Every every week, I had my tape recorder set to try and record the songs off the radio because I had no money to buy music or anything mm -hmm. so it was whatever i could tape so i'd sit there with a tape deck ready to record the songs and it seemed that every single long distance dedication and i know this wasn't the case but maybe at least 50 to 60 percent of them it was always that damn somewhere out there song from uh fifle right fivel was it fivel i don't know the little mouse the little mouse yeah well, what was the name of the movie is it Feifel's Great Adventure or something? Or? I don't know. It made me cry every time I heard the song. But it was from that soundtrack, and it was like, Casey, could you please play Somewhere Out There? And it was always the same. <laughs> Even if it didn't apply to the story. It was uh -huh. like, really? Anyhow. 855-853-4802. Uh, Did you hear they actually buried his body finally, Casey Kasem? No, I didn't. The uh, They finally buried him in Norway. Wow. Of all places. No connection to Norway. No family in Norway, but it keeps his body uh, from being exhumed and uh, any sort of uh, case going against uh, the wife for any sort of neglect. 
Because at the end, there was a ton of bed sores on the man, and it was just not a good situation. That's such so. a sad situation. It is. I mean, he had such a life and was such a legend, and then at the end, he's just basically at the mercy of whoever is watching him. Yeah. That's a scary thing. The uh, The power of attorney and the power of who's watching over your loved ones is something you really have to be aware of. Uh, especially, you know, as as you have parents that are, are getting older. Our parents are not in this situation right now, but we personally ran into this situation with my my mom's dad years ago, where it was this witch basically kind of swooped in. He was incompetent and really just took everything over and just tried to milk anything that she could get out of him and then disappear, change wills, and crazy shit happens to old people. Yeah. They get taken advantage of. And they do. Unfortunately, that's kind of what, sort of what happened in that situation, I think. So, anyhow, uh, interesting stuff. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at uh, Real Ghost Stories Online. We'd love to hear your real ghost story if you'd like to share it with us. Uh, kicking off today is a show with a letter from Ruth. Ruth writes in, I just want to start out by saying that I absolutely love your show and I listen to it every single day. I'm not an EPP yet, but I will definitely do so soon. Good. You will love it. Thank you uh, in advance for uh, when you do become an EPP there, Ruth. Uh, Continuing on, says, my story takes place back when I was about seven or eight years old. I should tell you that I have lived in the same house for all of my life. Uh, It's out in the country, away from traffic or city lights. At the time of my story, I was sharing a room with my little sister, who at the time was about five years old then. Our window pointed east towards our long field. It stretched about a mile and a half in that direction, I think. And through the trees at the edge of our yard, it's important to note that there are no roads that direction, only farmland for many miles. On one summer night, I woke up to use the bathroom and happened to glance out the window, and I could swear that I saw three very distinct lights out in our field just past the tree line. They looked almost like flashlights and were slowly moving back and forth. They seemed to be hovering about ten feet off the ground. I woke up my little sister and asked her if she saw the same thing. She replied that she did. I hurried to her parents' room and begged them to come and look, which they did, and promptly replied that they were just the lights of the combine tractor. Then returned to bed. I believed them and went back to sleep. I think it was January of the following year when I saw the lights again. I was instantly terrified because I knew that they were not from any farm machinery out there with three feet of snow on the ground. My sister was awakened by my getting up and going to the window and she stood there with me for a long moment while we tried to figure out what they were. Instead of waking up our parents, we went to my older brother's room and told him to come look. I remember feeling very worried when he told me that he had seen them before many times. My my brother grabbed his cheap disposable camera and snapped a few pictures of the site. He went back to bed, but I stayed up all night until the sun rose and the lights disappeared. The camera went missing for a few days after this event, and he hasn't been able to see it since, despite the fact that we searched through the entire house many times looking for it. I still don't know what those lights could have been, but maybe you could shed some light on it. Again, love the show. You're doing a great job. Thanks, Ruth. Well, we've had the calls about the kind of ghost lights, either in the, you know, the forest or on train tracks and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Do you think it's 
ghostly or do you think it's I, something else? I think there is a, there there is phenomena out there that is natural, and I don't know that this is it because I, I think there's also phenomena out there that is supernatural, that is ghostly lights that happen to occur sometimes. Mm-hmm. But off in the distance, there's a lot of weird things that happen with the horizon um, and our vision of it and the way that light reflects and there's there's no one true way of it all happening i mean it's like you know, seeing a mirage almost uh-huh. you know there's not water out there but it sure looks like it um there's been cases of and i don't have the information directly in front of me but there's a city that people can see on a horizon in one part of the world because of the the way that the light will reflect sometimes the curvature of the earth um and it just happens to be a perfect mirage that appears of a city and it's a legitimate city it exists but you normally cannot see it on this horizon because it's too far to view but when things are just right and conditions are just right people are able to see suddenly the the city that appears out of nowhere and it's a weird light reflective you know i don't know how to explain it all but it happens okay okay it's essentially it is a natural it's not a ghost city it's naturally appearing because of the way the wor- the earth works and <laughs> and light works um so there could be that sort of a thing going on with lights being reflected and just the right situations sometimes it appears although you know if there's nothing out there for a real long way and it's still just hanging out out there eh, you never know yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, debunking that's been done of mysterious lights out in fields where well, all logical explanation would say you cannot see this. But for whatever reason, sometimes when the atmosphere is just right, you can see it. Um, you know, lights and energy. There's there's same with radio waves. Sometimes there's no way and no reason why you should be able to hear a radio station from across the ocean. Okay. Um, but sometimes when the atmosphere is just right, things are able to bounce up and down. Uh, you can pick up f- places far, far, far away that you should not be able to hear. Oh. It's all about the you know, reflective the atmosphere. atmosphere. So okay. That's my layman explanation. Too. <laughs> you go. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Uh, Paulo writes in, hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm Paulo, and I come from the Philippines. I'm an avid listener of your program and have had a, have a story I'd like to share with you. This happened a couple years ago when I was on my way home from work. The uh, jeepney is a popular mode of public transportation in the Philippines, and my story happened while I was riding in one. I have a special talent of being able to sense and see things not of this world, a gift passed on to me by my mother. Continuing on, one night, as I was taking my usual commute from home from work, three young girls boarded the jeepney. They didn't look anything out of the ordinary, but one thing I noticed immediately was the musty odor that filled the vehicle when they entered. They were a lively bunch, talking and laughing like any normal teenager would be doing. The funny thing was, the other passengers seemed to be oblivious to their presence. Jeepneys usually don't have side windows, so it can get really windy once the vehicle gets to a decent speed, and it was there that I discovered why no one except me was able to notice them. Three girls were sitting right next to the window side of the vehicle. It was rather windy as we were going quite fast. It was there I saw that their hair was perfectly standing still, not being blown away by the wind. 
experience kind of freaked me out a bit, and I stopped riding the jeepney for a couple weeks after that night. Hope you enjoyed my story. I have a couple more I'll write in soon. More power to you and Jenny. Thanks. I wonder what it is with the jeepneys that this is the second story we've had about them. Just going to say, we had a very similar story to this months ago. We did. It was a couple of elderly women that got on a jeepney with a little girl, but the little girl wasn't really there. Yes. And this one's just of, what, three little girls getting on? Yeah. So it's kind of strange that that same type of situations happen twice. That's a very active area. It is. The Philippines. There's a lot of ghost stories that we get in from there and of all varying, you know, shapes and forms, if you will, from really dark to girls laughing on a jeepney that seemed completely harmless. Right. You know, it's for whatever reason. I don't know. I don't know why that area is more prone to paranormal activity, just the sheer amount of you know people that are there that have been there for a long period of time. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you like the show, be sure to tell a friend about it. Share a link, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. If you're a pinner, go ahead and pin the shows. That really would help us quite a bit. Gets new listeners to uh, discover us who have never heard of us before. Every single week we get no, new folks who are like, I just found your show. And uh, that's thanks to you guys uh, getting the word out there. So if you like it, please uh, get the word out about it. Uh, That's what's uh, also going to help keep our show alive. Anna writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I'm a longtime listener, first time submitting a story. I'll do my best and tell my story, and hopefully it makes sense. So here goes. My husband and father-in-law have six cents. My father-in-law has some terrifying experiences that reminds me of The Exorcist or... Exorcism of Emily Rose, which my husband has made comments like, oh, that happened to my aunt. (laughs) That's always fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Like, oh, yeah, my aunt. When you're watching horror movies and you're relating to them. That's not a good thing. No. Uh, Since meeting my husband, I've become very aware of some things that happened throughout my life. But this story that I'm about to tell you has affected myself and my two sons. Our stories about the shadow people, more like the shadow man. It's true what your listeners have mentioned. Dark silhouette, darker than dark. This happened to me several years ago. One evening, I was pretty deep in my sleep, but became conscious when I felt something holding me down. I'm a stomach sleeper, so I couldn't see what it was. My hands are being held down, but I could turn my head, and that was about it. I could see my husband, but couldn't call out to him. It happened so fast, all of a sudden, I was flipped to my back. I opened my eyes, and I couldn't see anything. My hands are still being held down. I couldn't free them. I turned to my husband, and he's snoring away. Until I caught a glimpse at the corner of my eye, something was at the foot of my bed. It was a split second that I could make it out, the silhouette of a dark figure, male most definitely. I tried calling out to my husband, still struggling with this thing, until it started to crawl up on me. Suddenly, I felt myself flip back to my stomach. My head is facing down on my pillow. I tried to yell out, God help, but I couldn't. I gave that one last energy and said, God help me, please. Then it stopped. I got up, gasped gasped for air, huffing and puffing, punched my husband and said, Why didn't you hear me? He said he didn't hear anything. I couldn't sleep. Tears ran down my face. I felt so violated. My mind kept thinking of that dark man and who the heck that was. It affected me for a couple of days. I didn't want to talk to anyone, but I shook myself out of it. 
It was at that point that I remembered my son Charles at the time was about six or seven or eight. He's 20 now. And we decided to have a movie night in the living room. Laid out the futons where eventually we all fell asleep. This happened around one in the morning. Charles woke me up to say he was going to use the bathroom. I tried to stay awake to hear his return. I don't remember hearing the toilet flush, but I heard the light switch for the bathroom go off, so I was waiting for him. He's taking a while to get back to bed. I don't know what it was, but I began to feel uncomfortable. I opened my eyes and saw a dark figure. A bit startled, but weird. This had to be my son. But why is he just standing there? But I know this was not right. I felt a chill run down my body. Finally, I just spoke out and said, Charles, what's the matter? Come on, get to bed, lay down. I watched as he lay next to me. I felt kind of stupid, so I covered him with my blanket. I shifted my body to my right and reached over to grab my pillow, but I felt a body. Got up to reach to my left and nothing. I whispered to my right, Charles, Charles. He answered, yes, mom. What the? I got up, turned on the living room lights and nothing. Just my family sleeping. Well, they got fussy and yelled to shut the lights off. Charles then stood up. I asked where he's going. He replied, Mom, I'm going to the bathroom. I watched him until he returned. Stayed up and watched a couple movies. Funny ones, of course. Jordan, my younger son, was about eight at the time. He's 18 now. Early one morning, he came over and said, Mom, there was a man standing in my room last night. I don't know who that was, but he was just standing there. I said, What did he look like? Jordan said, I don't know, like a dark man. Was it your dad, I said? Jordan said, no. I said, how do you know? Dad sometimes goes to your room to check on you and your brother. He said, but mom, I know how dad looks. Dad's taller. Okay, well, let me talk to your dad. My husband never went into their room that night. A couple evening, evenings later, I heard my son yelling for me. I got out of bed and asked, what was the matter? My son flat out said, mom, we need to move out. The man is making me scared. I asked what the man is doing to scare you. He said he just stands there. I thought it was Dad, so I yelled, Dad, and the man nodded his head. Was it your brother? No. I looked at Charles, and Charles said, I saw the man too, Mom. I looked at my husband, and he said, Okay, guys, sit up. Let's say a prayer. After our prayer, my husband said, Let's smoke a cigarette, hon, outside. We believe moving wouldn't work since it would follow us, mainly my husband. The best way to deal with it was to talk about it with our sons or even educate them on the paranormal. My husband then shared his experience with our sons and they had a lot of questions and sometimes enjoyed the goosebumps. He shared his experiences with me, but sometimes I feel some of the stories he shared were very demonic. I felt my sons were too young. My husband said... He has experienced many terrifying events when he was their age and believes they need to understand what they're dealing with. So regardless, it may happen. Let's equip them. And so he went over the do's and don'ts. Our boys are now damn gutsy, although I can hear fear in their voices. But they're handling a lot of things pretty well. We eventually moved in with my mother to care for her, and my family continued to experience unexplained events. I'll even share my boys' experiences at a later time. Sorry for the lengthy letter. I do hope it made sense. Thanks for reading my story. Thanks for keeping it real, guys. Truly enjoy the show. Uh, Anna from Honolulu, Hawaii. I think those boys were coming into realizing that they had the same ability as their dad. You I th think? I think that's what 
this was all about. I think it was them discovering that they could see the shadow people. I mean, I get that Anna had the experience too, but I don't know that she saw it. She just had other things happen to her. But I think the boys are going to continue to have that. Sure. I mean, maybe Anna just doesn't have the sensitivity to it. and They do. It's part of the gift that they have. What a wonderful gift that would be. <laughs> yeah. So you have three sensitive people in your house. That's just a magnet for stuff. Yeah. And usually these things have a good idea of who can see them and who can't, and they try to target that. Mm-hmm. So it does make a lot of sense. Thank you for writing in your story. We really do appreciate that. Our phone number is 855-853-4802. If you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us, we would love to hear it. Hi. Hi, Tony. Love the show. Uh, I just have a quick story for you guys. When I was around 12 or 13, I was uh, sleeping over at my friend Jimmy's house. It was a very old house built in the late 1800s, and uh, at one point it was a rectory where the nuns used to live. So one night, after falling asleep, I woke up, had to pee. So I came out of his room, went down the hallway, and uh, saw that the bathroom up there was occupied. The light was on. I knocked. Someone said, one minute. I really had to go. So we had another bathroom in the basement. So I proceeded down the stairs. And uh, as I got to the bottom of the stairs in the basement, I turned to my left to go towards the bathroom. And in front of me, about 20 feet away, was what appeared to be a nun kneeling down with her hands folded as in prayer over the washing machine. I took a step back and the stairs creaked. creaked, And what happened next scared the living hell out of me. She slowly turned towards me and we locked eyes, but what should have been eyes were just black holes. I guessed, and when I guessed, she just vanished. <laughs> Needless to say, I ran back upstairs and uh, totally forgot that I had to pee. That sensation went away, and I, when I went back into my friend's room, he looked at me and said, you all right? I said, yeah. He's like, you saw her, didn't you? I said, saw what? He goes, the nun. And uh, ever since that, I've been obsessed with the paranormal. So uh, hopefully you use my story and uh, keep up the good work, guys. Really enjoy it. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Well, that's creepy as hell. I think so. How would you handle that one? Oh, by the way, my name is Paul. Oh, (laughs) thank you, Paul. (laughs) I live in Valley Stream, New York. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, there we go. By the way, it's an ace ball. I don't know if this... To me, I think it's scarier than just seeing something scary flat out because it's something that you equate with not being afraid. I mean, unless you go to Catholic school and you're a bad kid and then the nuns are probably going to be scary. But, you know, usually you don't equate nuns with something scary, so... After Sister Act, all nuns are scary. Oh, really? I fear the ghost of Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I think to me that's it's more of a psychological thing, you know, seeing something you think isn't scary and then she turns and looks at you and she has no eyes. That that's, that's really uh, bad. I, I'm I'm having the image of uh, it was it was a, a really 
bad horror movie not that long ago that it was it was kind of shot like a, a documentary but it was just a shitty movie um and it, it was about possessions and such and in the trailer they were walking around like the vatican and then all of a sudden this nun looks at you and there was the black eyes there Huh. And then she walks away. Um, so, the, and it was a creepy image, but it was like the scariest part of the entire movie, you yeah. know, that you saw in the trailer. Um, but uh, that's the image that that comes to my mind. Just very unsettling. It's it's one of those, especially when it's, you know, completely out of character for what you're expecting mm-hmm. to see. You know, it'd be like walking into a nursery, you know, and you, you hear the music box playing and you see the chair rocking and you see two little feet and it's just, you know, a really non-creepy nursery, just a nice pristine and it's bright and cheery and there's, you know, teddy bears and then all of a sudden you, the kid turns around and it's got no eyes and it looks like a zombie or something. That would be bad too. That's disturbing. Yes. You know, it's completely it's the the polar opposite. It's completely out of place. So, thank you for that story. Thank you for that uh, that call. I really do appreciate you uh, calling in. If you have a real ghost story you want to share with us, you can call us twenty four hours a day, seven days a week at eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. That's our phone number to leave us your ghost story. Of course, you can also write into us on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like the show, hey, give us some positive reviews. iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you use, uh, a little uh, review there that takes two seconds to do. That helps us tremendously. Uh, so please, uh, please consider doing that. John writes in, uh, my parents uh, bought a home back in 1995 that was in really poor shape. It was then completely remodeled and finished in 1996. All was quiet until March of 2007. I bought a vehicle from our local junkyard in 2006, which had been in an accident. I parked it in our garage and restored it through the winter months. Then one day, while in the garage in March of 2007, the lights started flashing on and off. Then they went out. We had an electrician come take a look at it, and he said this made no sense because everything was fine, but the lights would not turn on. He gave up and left. We recently installed a fence, so I told my mother, maybe one of the posts hit the underground power line running from the garage to the house. I got out a shovel, started carefully digging where I thought the power line would be, which is never really a good idea, right? You shouldn't be trying to dig up your own power lines. No. That's why they have Digger's Hotline and such, because that's uh, usually a recipe for death. Well, and especially if you've hit it with a post, it could be in not good shape, so it might be that much more dangerous. Yeah. Okay. I hit what I thought was just a big rock. I dug and dug, and the stone got bigger as I worked. I tried to get it out of the ground and couldn't, so I got a large breaker bar out of the garage and pried and pried until it finally came out of the ground. Flipped it over. Stood there puzzled for a bit. Stone was odd-shaped. It had 1880 written on it. It didn't dawn on me what it was, so I yelled for my mother to come look at it. She got within 10 feet of it and said, Oh my God, it's a headstone. Close by it, I found a small nameplate with Lucy written on it backwards, as well as an Indian arrowhead. We called the local uh, uh, genealogy group, but uh, they were not interested in the headstone because it didn't have a name on it or a death date. A few days later, we saw the local police department and a tow truck at a business about 40 feet from our backyard. We later found out a backhoe was working on the property and had sunk into a hole. When they got it out, they discovered it had sunk into an old grave. 
My mother called someone that was in charge of the cemeteries in our county, and he told my mother that they have no record of a cemetery being in our area. And if there was one, it must have been a family plot that was never reported. When I spoke to the person that owned that business, which happened to be our mayor at the time, he said back when this part of the town was called uh, Lazierville, is that right? I think so. Lazierville? Our block was the cemetery. Supposedly all the graves were moved up on the hill to the current cemetery, but the one on his property was missed. About two days later, I was in my room and I heard footsteps out in our kitchen. They continued into our laundry room, then to my daughter's bedroom. I opened her door and a large glowing blue orb entered her room and then it shot into my room and disappeared at the foot of my bed. I rubbed my eyes and thought, I am half a- am I half asleep or what? The next night I heard movement in my daughter's room, then a crash. I jumped up, ran to see what it was. My daughter had a large cloth sack full of toys that was at the foot of her bed. But all the contents were in the middle part of her bed, and the sack was on the floor. I put all the toys back in the sack, and I never and I knocked the sack over several times trying to recreate what happened and didn't come close. I told my mother about it, and she said finding that headstone messed with my head. I thought it was neat at the time, but also sad. And it's not every day someone digs up their yard and finds something like that. The next day, I was watching TV with my daughter, and I heard my mom yelling. I went to check on her, and she said, Whoever is trying to get into the bathroom, I'll be done shortly. I said, Mom, nobody's trying to get in. She said, Quit playing games. The next day, I heard her yelling again in the kitchen, and when I approached her, her eyes were big, and she was shaking and said, Something with heavy boots came from the living room and walked behind me and went out into the laundry room. There was a cold gust of wind with it. On another occasion, my mom came into the living room and yelled at me and my dad for messing with her bedroom door, which it wasn't us. My daughter said when my mom left her bedroom to use the bathroom, an old man with a bald head in an old-fashioned suit walked along her bed and stopped. He looked at her and then he disappeared through the wall. My daughter said she heard a little girl crying and saying, help me, coming from the basement. It got to the point that my daughter moved out because she was so scared. My nephew used to come visit us, and while he was here, he said a man was watching us in the laundry room. But when we looked, nothing was there. This happened a few times, and I told him I'm going to get my digital camera, and the next time judge me, and I'll take photos. I did. We were all shocked to see a man in the laundry room watching us. At the time, my nephew took photos, and a little girl with an old-fashioned dress was at the back door looking at him. My friend Kyle came to visit me one day, and he said while he stood at the top of our steps, he was shoved from behind and almost fell down the steps. The same day, we both heard what sounded like drums being played down in the basement. The drums have also been heard on other occasions, most recently two nights ago, and our dog started barking and growling while looking down towards the basement. We spoke to a psychic medium, and she said an evil man is in our home and he murdered his daughter back in the 1880s or 1800s. My mom said she had heard a child crying late at night coming from the basement. She said her bed has gotten hit during the night, and if the dogs are with her, they growl and go into the foot of her bed and look down at the floor and bark. I recently hooked up a new TV for my mom, and while I was hooking it up, her eyes got big, and she stopped talking and said, What? 
She said a black mass came out of the wall and passed behind me, and when I put my arm in that area, it was freezing cold. We had a minister come from a local church, and she said dirt was thrown in her face down in the basement. She never came back. Later on, a paranormal group came from Ohio, the Ohio researchers of banned spirits, and brought a priest with them to bless us and the house. They captured EVPs out in the garage and heard someone running around in the concrete and it lit up their paranormal device. While they were in the basement, the paranormal group said a seven-foot-tall shadow man appeared and struck at the priest with its arm. They captured it on thermal camera and then it ran across the room and disappeared. When the priest blessed the house and us, we felt a big rush of air go through the house and out the back door. They said it was gone and we shouldn't have any more problems. Everything seemed fine for a while, but now it's very active again. I'll have to have another clergyman bless the house, and if it doesn't work, the house will be sold. I have a lot more to say because so many things have happened here, but I'd be typing the rest of the day. I was on the TV show My Ghost Story with the paranormal group that was here. It's titled Beyond the Grave, episode 53. It aired December 28th of 2012. The priest that was here wrote a book called The Ekbalist. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I think so. Ekbalist? Ekbalist? Based on actual de- de- demonic encounters. He put our story in it. And his name is G.P. Haggard. I enjoyed listening to your show, and we'll send you photos and video if you're interested to prove what I said is true. And I have to apologize to John. He sent probably two almost three more pages worth of story it was just we had to cut it down for the show so i just had to shorten up but that's still plenty of stuff that happened in just what we talked about that's a crazy story it is and i think there's so many things going on i wouldn't at all be surprised if at one time that had been burial ground for native americans Mm -hmm. and then they turned it into a regular cemetery and then uncovering the headstone and the other grave just kind of stirred things up because it sounded like a combination of things from the previous owner and a dark entity entity there mm-hmm. along with possibly some Native American things going on. So it just sounds like it was just a really concentrated area of negativity. It's a whole big ball of paranormal. Yeah, pretty much. I don't think I could stay living in a place like that. You'd have to really, really love it and be able to put up with a lot. I don't think I could. And with the dark energy there, I wonder if that was there preceding the 1800s family where the the dad murdered the daughter and possibly that had something to do with it. Like something that was feeding off of whatever negative energy was there and helped drive him to do it? Yeah. Could be. There's so much that went on. Yeah. I have no idea. That's interesting that one one uh, part of their city says there was no record of a cemetery being there, yet other historians are like, yeah, this is where the cemetery was. Yeah, and that town, I looked it up. It doesn't really technically exist anymore. I forgot what the name of the town is mm-hmm. that it kind of became incorporated with, mm-hmm. but it was an old mining town along the Ohio River, so there had to have been a lot of history in that, sure. that area. Very interesting. Thank you for writing in your story and sharing it with us. We really do appreciate that. Phone number is 
853-4802. We want more ghost stories. You can get them when you become an EPP. It's an extra podcast person, as you well know. Uh, there's currently 21 of those episodes out there that you get the pleasure of listening to when you become an EPP. It's next week uh, in a couple days here. Another episode coming out, number 22. Of course, that uh, goes out every single Saturday. But right when you sign up, uh, just a, a few minutes after that, uh, an email automatically goes out to you with the previous week's uh, episode. So be sure to get signed up on the website, Real Ghost Stories Online, five bucks a month. It supports our show. It keeps us on the air, funds all of the hard costs we have to uh, make this show for you. Uh, and you get a little something extra. And we have some really good show, uh, really good stories uh, out of those EPP episodes. So do uh, check that out. Rob writes in, hey guys, it's been freezing lately, but I decided to write in and uh, think of a warm thought. It reminded me of a time during Christmas vacation when I dated a girl during my college years. We were straightforward with buying things that we actually wanted that year. I didn't let my girlfriend know, but I had her gift on layaway and was shoveling snow before Christmas to pay for it. But it was all worth it. And I got my first starter jacket that year. Her parents live somewhere near Chicago. We went there for Christmas Eve and planned to visit my folks' place for Christmas Day. Everyone was enjoying the holidays and very welcoming. I found out her grandparents lived at her parents' house, so it was confusing to see the blend of various decorations along the house. They had the tradition where we all had to take a family Polaroid picture to remember each year and hang it on the tree. I didn't care too much for the dinner. Her grandmother kept insisting to make me eat more and more of her food that night. Since I was a guest, they only gave me a few Christmas cards and some boxes of chocolate. Nothing fancy, but still fun. I spent most of that time outside with her grandpa, who gave me the evil eye as he smoked his pipe on the porch. Then I had the inevitable trip to the bathroom, where I discovered that toilets in Chicago were extremely loud and powerful. She had a little brother, so went uh, so who went to bed early, and... Around then, we all started cleaning up and wrapping paper and put the food away. My girlfriend wanted to stay the night there and sleep in her own bed. I didn't argue with her, but it was a unanimous decision for me to sleep on the couch. I got ready for bed as the living room was empty. It was easy to sleep after a nice drive and a full belly. I woke up before the sun rose to the scent of roasted coffee. Her parents were already awake, enjoying the morning. They told me it was normal for them to wake up and have coffee by 5 in the morning. Just the smell of it was waking me up. They asked me if I'd like to join them, and I accepted the offer, trying to hide a long yawn under the blanket. I and her dad were talking about sports. We we stuck with baseball and basketball because we all know the Bears have sucked over the last couple of decades. Soon, as my girlfriend woke up for breakfast, I let her know that we planned on being at my mom's place by noon, which was plenty of time to mingle and get ready. Right after we finished having breakfast, I was trying to find my car keys, but they were missing. I started to notice that all of my belongings were nowhere to be found. I was getting frustrated, searching between couch cushions and retracing all my steps around the house. It wasn't until her little brother tossed out the trash when he found my keys and the other items scattered around in there. We had to empty out the entire bin to make sure there weren't any other items that may have accidentally been thrown out. I was more worried about my car keys and any of the other items, but I didn't want to be ungrateful, so I made sure to get all of the Christmas cards and other things they gave me. I searched quickly with my girlfriend and her brother because it was starting to snow and we weren't dressed warm. We picked up what we could and cleaned things up before getting back in the house. 
I went to wash up and get ready for the trip as they were in the living room talking. They thought it may have been her grandpa who did it, but I insisted it was a simple mistake as her mother agreed with me. I made my way outside to scrape the frost off my windows for our trip. I wanted to head out before the weather got any worse. My girlfriend packed up a few things. I could tell she wanted to stay longer, but it was time to go. On the trip to my mom's place, we had to stop a few times. The weather was bad, and we made sure to call our parents to let them know we were taking the trip slow just to be on the safe side. It gave us time to talk about things, mainly her missing her family. She told me they also found the Polaroid picture in the trash with my stuff. When we reached our destination, my girlfriend called her family and they said the picture was found in the trash again. It was obvious that we had no intentions of throwing it out. Her family didn't blame us for doing it and they were just keeping us informed of what happened. It was a few days later when the picture was nowhere to be found. The more we thought about it, there must have been something or someone in there that didn't want me around. I didn't date her long enough to find out any other answers. She took time off from school, and my dad told me I had to be full-time or it was my ass. The both of us were really busy over the next year. Most of the time, we just talked on the phone. I don't really remember if we actually broke up, but we ended up going our separate ways. I also won't deny that Madison is a party school, and she obviously spent time having fun with friends. The last time I talked with her, she was becoming a teacher somewhere in Illinois. I think she was a substitute teacher at the time. I wasn't harmed or scared at the time, but it was strange. Thanks for reading, and go Packers. Okay, I wonder if the spirit that threw away the boyfriend's stuff, Rob's stuff, was a paternal spirit towards her, or if he was a jealous spirit. Like a great uncle that wanted to have an incestuous relationship with his... Yuck. No, I'm just talking about if it was like a grandfatherly or fatherly type spirit that was just not happy that she brought somebody home. Sure. Or if it was the spirit of somebody that could have been within her age range that just wanted to see them end up happily ever after. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying anything (laughs) gross, but thanks for going there. It's a dead great cousin that died around the same age had the hots for his living dead third cousin or living third cousin yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know you know you got a point I mean it, I mean or could it just been some other you know entity that has nothing to do with relation that was just in the house that's what I mean oh <laughs> that's what I mean not I necessarily take it the other way no not necessarily somebody that's related but you can have you know, if you watch these kids grow up in the house, yeah, and you're say say you're a ghost, and another family moves in, and you watch their kids grow up, you're going to kind of develop kind of like a protective paternal sure feeling towards those kids, mm-hmm. or say you know it could have been somebody that used to live in the house a long time ago that maybe really liked her. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. But thanks for taking it down that nasty path. (laughs) The nasty path. (laughs) I thought it was funny. Great. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. This is Christina calling from Oklahoma. Um, I absolutely love your show. I listen to it every day. 
and I'm looking forward to becoming an EPP soon. Um, the reason I'm calling is I actually sent you guys a video um, through a message on Facebook. Um, I just discovered this last night. I was looking through my phone. My husband and I were looking at some videos we took over the holidays. And on New Year's Eve, we were hanging out with his mom and his brother at his parents' house. And in this video, on the top right-hand side, there is a light anomaly. I don't know what it is. It just kind of comes down and seems to hover a little bit over them, and then it goes away. And upon closer inspection, you can actually see it a little bit in the beginning of the video, too. It seems to kind of come out of the wall and move around and everything. Um, my husband and I both were just shocked when we saw this. Um, but what we think it may be is Patrick, actually, my husband, he lost his grandma, um, let's see, right after we got married, so about four years ago. And one of the happiest memories that we have recently of her is at our wedding, and she loved to dance. And we have some really wonderful pictures of her and um, Patrick's grandfather dancing. And I just have this feeling that that's his grandma. Anyway, I wanted you all to look at it and tell me what you think. Um, thank you for the show. Thank you for um, always putting new podcasts up every day. I really, really enjoy it. Anyway, thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, so the festive music I did not try to put in there for a dramatic effect. It was literally I was opening her video that she was talking about uh, as she was uh, reading the story. So let's continue on. Uh, I'm going to turn the music down on this festive piece of music. And uh, let's, uh, here's a video. It's probably about uh, 10 seconds long. Looking for the light uh, abnormality. I hope she's not thinking that this is a light abnormality because that's a finger on a camera. Looking there. Dun, dun, dun. She said upper right corner, right? Jennifer's dusting off my screen. Oh, look at that. Well, that's one hell of an orb. That's an orb. That's a pretty damn good orb. That was a very bright orb. And it just kind of hung there, and then it went away. And It, it was dancing with them. It, it kind of moved along with them. Wow. I'm going to... Uh, I, I want to make sure that it's cool with her, but I would like to, to post that video up on our website. That um, was one good video. Yeah, that was pretty good. Thank you for sharing that with us. That's that's very creepy. Uh-huh. Um, okay. At first I was thinking, oh, she saw like the edge of her thumb on the corner and that. No. But uh, no, that was clearly, that's one of the better orbs I've ever seen on video. Yeah. I mean, it's not just like, a, oh, it might have been dust. No, that was, that was a big orb. Well, and it appeared to kind of dance with them. Yeah, very, very... Uh, it was going back and forth, and it. And she didn't change direction or anything. No. Nothing was different from when the orb was in the picture and when it wasn't. Yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah. We'll get that uh, up on the site uh, pending her permission, which I'm sure she's probably cool with, but I just want to make sure. Uh, so there you go. That, uh, that was good. Thank you for calling in that, uh, that story and sharing it with us. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us. If you have one, of course, we would absolutely love to hear it. If you're not an EPP yet, you like the show, please consider supporting it. Become an EPP on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Five bucks a month to get 21 bonus episodes instantly sent to you right now and of course uh, new episodes every single week brand new bonus episodes sent to you so 
for your support. We thank you very much. So until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>